I Googled this to fact check it, and it seems true. Really entertaining. Cause physical exertion. Everyone's feeling good. I knew I was missing a great sporting event. All right, if you just heard the old Make Room for Sports theme, it's because uh, Mikal isn't here this week, and therefore I had to edit this episode, which is like my least favorite thing. Uh, I'm back, uh, your host Simon Barrett, and with me I have Dave Dominique. Uh, periodically throughout this episode, I will be trying to get Mikal on the phone. Uh, <laughs> so this will be the first attempt. Let's see what happens. James was doing a podcast. Yeah, I decided not to do the podcast because... Um, I thought it wouldn't be right for me to do it without you. And it's only right and uh, Simon do it? Is Simon there? I don't know if Simon's doing it. Why, why don't you want to do the podcast? Is it Simon doing it by himself? I think it's just Simon alone, yeah. I, I will say, um, Mikhail does sound really sick. I, told, I, I texted all the reasons why. Oh, okay, yeah, I'll, check, I'll check my texts. Maybe I'll try yeah. you back in a little bit. Um, okay. Okay, feel better. Okay, bye. All right, so that was, I guess, that was great. it sounds was like Cal's story sort of checks out. Yeah, oh. we, we didn't we didn't quite get the scoop that I was expecting. Uh, and, and, oh, and Mike Lochran is, is here with us. Yeah. Uh, Last yeah. as usual, ready to rock in Philadelphia. <laughs> well, you know, we all, um, we're watching, uh, I'm watching the Spurs Rockets game literally just to check if I see a shot of Mikhail in the stands oh. drinking a Bud Light <laughs> and holding up a sign that says, I'm not sick. Or um, on like the Rockets bench, maybe. Yeah, exactly. So, all right. So we just called Mikhail to to see if he was lying, uh, but he wasn't lying, and now we all feel guilty. But that's a good start to the episode because you know, it, it we got kind of uh, our uh, regrets and omissions out early. <laughs> Everything's topsy turvy this week. We don't have Mikhail. Also, I'm coming to you live from a uh, a, a deforested wetlands in uh, South Carolina um, that's been turned into sort of a um, like a uh, gated community a la it looks a lot like um like edward scissorhands oh yeah that sounds probably nice i don't know sounds kind of pleasant uh, yeah i don't know if you like sort of you know uh, cookie cookie cutter suburbia um i was i'm all i can picture is just the uh the the bushes that look like animals oh when right you say no. edward scissorhands that's all I, that's all i right. was thinking no not that part no ice sculpture the beginning the beginning yeah, yeah, of yeah. Edward scissorhands. yeah <laughs> um well, it's actually funny. Yeah, we were supposed to have uh, a guest, Keith Calder, on this episode, producer Keith Calder, uh, who, uh, like us, is is new to sports, so I thought he'd be kind of an uh, interesting guest. He just became obsessed with sports about a year ago, um, again, kind of by like f- uh, making the forceful choice to do it, uh, but he's not here. Uh, he couldn't make this episode, and neither could Mikhail, so we actually, instead of adding a person, we subtracted one. So <laughs> I think the listeners uh, will really benefit from that from that arithmetic. Um, yeah. Our guest this week can like periodically be sick, Macal, if he keeps answering answering his phone. <laughs> Which eventually he'll, he'll, he'll stop. Maybe I mean. we should each take turns calling him oh, and yeah. saying that the other person is doing it by themselves. Oh, that's a really good idea. I, yeah. I I'm starting to feel bad. I mean, he really is. He just really is quite <laughs> ill. It didn't uh, sound that good. Yeah. All right, let's get into some NBA playoffs updates because there was a lot of truly exciting things that happened this week in the news of sports. Um, hmm. And normally I'm a little. Um, out of the loop but this week i was happily in the loop i was like right i like i've started i i think i have a way to do this podcast in the future which is just every time i become aware of anything related to sports i'm just going to write it down 
And that way, in the week, I have a lot of things that I have like half a thought about. You did have a lot of stuff. Like you wrote a lot of stuff down this week. I did, and I think the first one was Isaiah Thomas getting his a tooth elbowed out. Uh, Like someone hit him in the face with an elbow, knocked his tooth out, and he picked up his tooth and kept playing. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Which is just like so like it's hard for that to not be just everyone's play of the week, I guess. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I did. I didn't know he picked it up. That's great. He's uh he's having a pretty pretty intense playoffs. I yeah, it's but he's the... winning, right? I guess so. Did it, did they win today? I think they lost. Today. No, they lost. Yeah, they, they lost, lost a bit. But um, yeah, that's been a really exciting series. It's been back and forth. Um, he also he scored like fifty three points on his sister's on his you know his sister who passed away on her birthday um at the the game before today I think it was. And didn't he have yeah. some other injury, or were you guys making that up? Were you guys messing with me? I said that his eyebrow fell off and became a mustache. <laughs> but right. that was that's not, a, a, not an actual injury. In retrospect, it seems a little odd that I would find that credible. Um, now, well, you're, you're, you're figuring it out. You're new to sports. I'm new to sports. I was like, oh, that's something that happens. Um, <laughs> right. So, I, I mean, that's really um, – it, it's, it's, I don't get starstruck a lot when I watch sports because I'm largely just watching a lot of people – run around and do things that I'm pretty certain I could do myself if I was uh, in any way athletic uh, or, or coordinated. But, um, but when I see Isaiah, Wash- uh, Isaiah Thomas sorry, Isaiah Thomas get a tooth knocked out um, and pick it up, I, I, that's like really awesome. So now, I'm, now he's my favorite basketball player. Yeah, he's operating at a different level. I mean, I read something about um, – so, yeah, no, actually what happened was he got his tooth knocked out on Monday – uh, on Tuesday, he had like like five hours of dental surgery to give him an implant, like a temporary implant until the playoffs were over. On Wednesday, he had to go back to the dentist because it was loose. On Wednesday was his, his sister who passed away his birthday. And then that night, he played after spending, I don't know, eight hours at the dentist in the past like 24 hours. And an overtime game scored 53 points and, and they won by, I think, like a point. <laughs> So that's like that's a pretty hectic forty-eight hours right there. So he is, uh, yeah, he's my favorite player now by far. Um, he is but... such a slippery little dude. Like <laughs> he just gets in the lane and slides around. I've never seen anything like it. Yeah, there's uh, never been anything like him. He's, yeah. he's he's really fun to watch, and yeah, and and the fact that like God keeps trying to murder him, um, <laughs> right. it just like makes the playoffs <laughs> all the more interesting. And so now that is the same uh, Celtics uh, Wizards matchup that led to. Uh, the the suspension, the controversial like like a actual like shoving match, uh, but I don't understand who either of these players are. Yeah, so Kelly Oubre was suspended for retaliating uh, on what's the other guy's name? Kelly Kelly Olenek. Yeah, yeah. Um, and what was like an obvious cheap shot? Yeah, and, I mean uh, he he's clearly uh, Oubre clearly was fouled. Uh, like, I mean, unless I'm misinterpreting the sport uh, in some way, it looked like he was just shoved down. Yeah, actually, yeah. I, I didn't see the play. I'm sorry. It's like, so Dave, it's an illegal pick where like Olenek sort of lowered his shoulder into Ubre's maybe like head area. Yeah. I think. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, but who's Kelly Ubre? Well, no you're... one. See, that's the thing. No one knows. That's what makes this even more mysterious. It's too bad that Mikel's sick because Mikel really likes Kelly Oubre. Was he definitely on one of the teams? He, <laughs> that's a that's a good question. He definitely was on the Celtic. No, the Wizards. See, now that doesn't sound that believable when you you know just from your cadence. Uh, Mikel's calling in. Oh, good. 
Let's oh. see what Make room for sports. Oh, uh, but it's... I'm calling in a lot. I'm calling in to make room for sports. Yeah, but it's just me now because I don't know how to merge the calls. Uh, so, wait, did you just tell them to hold on? Yeah, but I think I actually just hung up on them. Um, oh, hang on a second. How do I merge these calls? Um, hmm. Well, y- you may have just made this the best episode ever. <laughs> uh, I hope so. Wait, hang on. I'm trying to merge the calls. I can't do it. All right, let me see if I can add uh, them. Oh. Um, let me see if I can add Dave. Let's just try adding Dave. Did you guys already start the episode? Yeah. Uh, Make room for sports. Three active ones now. Well, the real question is, what did I record? I mean, I think we definitely got the beginning of the episode before Mikal decided to call in, which uh, not only took me to a separate call with Mikal that I couldn't merge him into, but um, but it ended the recording. God damn it. Yeah. Right. <laughs> it was, like, so fucking annoying. I mean, for um, one thing, it's it's amazing that week after week we're still we're still doing this. It's it's it's. I don't know if it's more amazing to the listeners than it is to us, but I think it's probably more amazing to us. There was um. I hate Jesse Thorne, but for a second on the way over from somewhere just now, I heard George Saunders talking to Jesse Thorne about writing and like why why you have to do it or whatever, and they were talking about like warding off like existential dread. And they were just talking about like how you just how you just can't stop, like in a way ethically, but also for like your mental health and like your sense of like, more your own mortality. Yeah, I'll accept that. And you, and you you feel like that's the way it is with this podcast. Well, I think you were right earlier when you said if we miss a week, it's very possible that it'll end forever. <laughs> I, I really do feel that way. Right. Um, and I don't know why. Okay, let's just assume. Oh, oh wait, wait. So Brits, Brits. So the update, Brits. Uh, Icon just left this call because I texted him to log out and come back in. So he's offline now. Mm-hmm. He's probably going to come back on in a second. Yeah, but if he comes back on... Oh, and then I can add him, you mean? Oh, he's online now. Yeah, add him. Alright, let's do it. This is this is going to go well. And just like record immediately and let's do an episode. Yeah, well, we... I'm recording right now. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah, I, I hit record as soon as, as soon as I had you guys both on the line because as far as I'm Perfect. concerned, that's that's yeah, all we that's just, required to make something an episode. Did you invite him? Yeah, I did. We just need minutes. We just need 45 minutes. I know. And we then just, we can resume our lives. It says that Mikhail's on here, but it also says no answer from him. <sighs> I, I just don't know what's going on tonight. Uh, and I have to edit this one. Uh, <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> Fuck. Well, I don't know. I mean, I, I don't know what to do. I'll try to add Mikhail one more time, and then I think we just have to move on i mean I, I mean the problem is probably i'm trying to add him while he's trying to add himself um and and so every time you text him brit oh he's he's throwing up uh, oh 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 poor guy <laughs> jeez well it's just weird because it's hard to not feel skeptical because he does seem like a hypochondriac like he seems like he gets sick like way more than anyone else i know but this is the first time i've ever it ever seems like actually sick. Well, I don't know if he's a hypochondriac so much as he's just a sickly fellow. Maybe that. Yeah, it's hard to tell. Yeah, it's really hard to tell. I you mean, can't I, tell if it's really a wolf or if he's crying wolf. Oh well, let's. Uh, this is a good uh, opportunity, actually. Hey guys, I actually think we inadvertently took the reader's suggestion. Uh, one person last week, uh, one listener, suggested one segment, and it was a Macau shame minute. 
where the three of us just shame Mikhail for something, which was ironic because I feel like that's one of the only things that we regularly do week after week without having like prior to this moment declared it a thing. Right. And, and it was kind of ironic because I was like, well, Mikhail's not going to be on the show tonight in the one segment that a listener suggested we won't be able to do. But in fact, it's actually seems like we're going to dedicate the entire show to it. <laughs> yeah. Um, Mikhail just texted us two in a row once said sorry i messed everything up the next one said i messed up everybody so we have we have accomplished that reader request well, yeah absolutely. i wonder if there was supposed to be a comma there an extraordinary it. success um well you know little little uh, inside inside you know how we do the show here a little kind of behind the scenes of the technically polished make room for sports podcast um now you know that uh that if any of you get our skype number you can instantly ruin an episode yeah, and now we have evidence that Macal is maybe not a hypochondriac, that he's actually just kind of sickly. He's actually really quite ill. Well, he has a baby. Babies make you sick, don't they? I don't know. I never had one. Maybe, I think they I think they're like little like like they have a germ thing going on. Like babies um they, they don't do. have good immune systems. I see. Yeah. So so they get sick really easy and then they get everyone else sick. Gotcha. <sighs> what were we talking about? Basketball? We were. We decided that uh, Kelly Oubre plays oh, yeah. for the Wizards, but maybe doesn't, but probably does play for the Wizards. Okay. That's right. where we were. That's, that sounds about yeah. right. Okay. So I want to say I've continued watching uh, Kuroko's Basketball, oh. uh, a.k.a. the basketball which Kuroko oh. plays, a.k.a. Kuroko no Basket. And one of the main things I've learned from it, uh, I've learned a lot from it, but one of the main things is that basketball is psychological warfare. And kind of the ultimate thing an athlete has to do in professional sports is keep your cool. And so I thought Ubre was definitely fouled, like really flagrantly. It looked like the guy just like straight up shoved him down. But yeah. he got mad. And that's the one thing you can't do in basketball is get mad. <laughs> Except that there there's like a set of unwritten rules that mean that like if they if something happens, it's okay to lose your shit. Well, in hockey, you're allowed to cut off up to three fingers of an opponent in a fight but like after that they kind of they're like okay guys break it up yeah you can Um, drink one pint of their blood yes after after stabbing at them with the knives on your shoes (laughs) um but but in basketball uh you really don't get as many shots so it's 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 different for every game but i've i don't know i mean he just got up and shoved the guy right down and and it's like you can't you 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 know you got to just take the the free throws and um and move on emotionally and that's that's my take on it yeah, it's definitely a psychological warfare. And I mean, people talk about Michael Jordan and how ruthless he was psychologically. Um, I don't know if if you guys have ever heard this story about Michael Jordan and Muggsy Bogues. I'm, I'm interested. Sounds familiar. Um, Muggsy Bogues. So wait, Muggsy Bogues. I think he was five foot three. Is that right? Five foot four or five? Foot he was very short. Yeah, he was a short guy. Because I remember in like the '90s there was like Muggsy Bogues and there was uh, Spud Webb. Yes, and they were both kind of tiny, but one was actually significantly shorter than the other. I think Muggsy Bogues was the smaller one. Are you guys making this up? <laughs> no, no, this is real. Yeah. Okay. All right. Okay, I'll go along with this this riff. I'll see where this is going. <laughs> um, and so so apparently, um, uh, I'm looking at a website right now uh, because Muggsy Bogues had always said that like Michael Jordan sort of ruined his life. Um, that that because Muggsy Bogues was was super promising at one point, but then his shot got really bad. Um. And so there's this story about how in 1995, when the Charlotte Hornets, that was Bogues' team, uh, when they were playing Michael Jordan's Bulls, the series was tied at two. Um, and I, I think that's it was probably the first round. So this is when the first round in the NBA playoffs was only a five-game series. You only had to win three to, to advance. Right. Um, and so it says on the biggest possession of the game, Muggsy had the ball with the Hornets down, with the Hornets down one. 
and Jordan was guarding him um, on the perimeter, like out out by the three point three point line, and and this is gonna get a little little profane, so uh, so trigger alert if you don't like curses, but um, or if you don't like I don't I'll, know. I'll put the iTunes it, parental advisory thing up for this one. Okay, good. It, it, it might sound a little bit insensitive, but it's just this is like the you know this is basketball folklore. Do we need to get the problematic speech counter ready? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> but I'll it, crank but it up. But we're quoting someone, so that's like like semi problematic. Not really. I don't know. It it seems like it seems like like quoting something problematic can be can become like a really good vehicle to get you know to get to experience the sort of like naughty glee of saying something problematic without actually attributing it to yourself. Exactly. I did. I, I feel was. That, just, I feel that even. Just like right now, I feel that sense of glee. I do right. too. I'm excited. I'm excited. Sweet, the sweet anticipation of. We're Dave gonna be able to get so. away with this scot free, you guys. Whatever Dave's about to say, this isn't on us. But we get to enjoy Dave. I have said it. Okay, let's go. I probably built this up too much. But so Muggsy Bogues is being guarded by Michael Jordan, like out of the three point line, and Jordan suddenly like backs off of him and says to him, supposedly, "Shoot at you, fucking midget." <laughs> <laughs> and, and Muggsy shot the ball, and I think it was an air ball. And uh, it was on like you know the biggest possession of like the playoffs of his life, um, and and a year later, Muggsy Muggsy told a reporter that he believes that single play ruined his career, that he could never shoot the same again. <laughs> Michael Jordan super... permanently gave him the yips. Yeah, exactly. Wow, that is incredible. That is, it's incredible. It's also it's that's very problematic. But um, <laughs> I think Dave, I think you'll probably still get tenure. I can't say for sure. Oh, oh yeah. I don't. I don't think that will keep you from tenure. I totally I mean, might, forgot probably, about my, my contingency. It probably, it probably won't. It probably won't. But it it might. But probably. Okay. Well, won't. All right, we're gonna edit that out. We're gonna edit that out. Did you know that um, Kobe Bryant uh, used to get inside his opponent's head by whispering the text to Moby Dick? Uh, so that the, he'd, at the beginning of the game, he'd start, and then at the end of the game, he'd be like four or five chapters in. And, and no one could, and he would do it for the entire game, and no one could understand it, and it would just freak them out so much that, like, that's how he was so dominant. What the fuck? Wait, speaking of that, wait, are you like sort of like uh, like obtusely referencing Kobe Bryant's muse cage? I am. First of all, I've never obtusely referenced anything. Um, <laughs> I, I, but I also don't know what you're talking about. Oh my god. Okay. I think better than me trying to explain what Kobe Bryant's muse cage is like right now just like extemporaneously ad hoc. I th- I think it's best that we all learn about Kobe Bryant's muse cage and talk about that next week. So that's something I, I look forward to for for, for our listeners. Yeah. It's, so- it's I can't believe I actually feel ashamed that I knew about this like a month and a half ago. I've not brought this up on the podcast. Oh, I like- feel the same, but I have a theory, Dave. My theory is that Oh, Kobe you you, you know it. Totally. Yeah. Oh, okay. I think it's it's so on the nose for our podcast right. that I feel like if we talk about it, something weird might happen. Well, now we well we can't look. It's act, I I don't know a lot about podcasting, but I definitely know that it's bad to bring up something, say it's a good thing to talk about, and then not talk about it. So we have to talk about it now. <laughs> no, I think it might be a ba- it might be a bad thing to talk about. Is no, my like listeners, like I mean, I don't know why people listen to this podcast. Uh, certainly, there's some, uh, you know, again, I think it's largely people that need something who have like comatose relatives and so on, um, or are imprisoned. But I think we need to deliver occasionally on some entertainment. And this sounds entertaining to me. So I want to know about Kobe Bryant's muse cage. All right. How about we do this as a part one and a part two? Okay. And this, this week will be sort of a part one. We're not going to totally say everything that we think about it because I, I really think that you and Britt need to be up to speed on that when we talk about it. Okay. And I think we need, we're going to need some, some drops. We're going to need some this cut-ins. Is a, yeah. It's a new segment called First Glance dot 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 on further review. Okay. Okay. So we'll this will have a follow up episode. So this is kind of the Q and A segment where I can ask you guys: uh, Does this have anything to do with the Arena Rock Band Muse? 
I think we'd have to ask Kobe. I, I I don't think it has anything to do with the Arena Rock Band Muse now. No. Okay. What is what what is what is the gist of this? What can we say this week that that won't spoil it when we get when we're all more educated next week? Well, so Kobe Bryant has always sort of in my as far as I could tell, he fancies himself sort of quirkier and more interesting like creatively and intellectually than maybe most other people consider him. Got it. Got that's it. that's very fair. That's very fair. He's like he's like the kind of person that refers to himself as quirky. Right. Okay. Exactly. He also like gave himself a nickname, which is kind of like taboo in, in the sports world. Like you don't name yourself something. Okay. Um like for example, um what's the dude on the Lakers that named himself Swaggy P? Um oh, right. no. well I yeah. mean it'd be cool if you well, gave yourself like a like a like if his nickname was for himself was like Lil Dinky or something, then everyone would be like, Oh, that's actually like awesome. But if you give well, his, what was his nickname for himself? No, he nicknamed himself the Black Mamba. Oh yeah, that's not cool. Yeah, no one, no one was into it. Uh, but he's, <laughs> but but then he he still calls himself the Black Mamba, and and usually, um, like at the end of a Facebook post or whatever, he'll he'll sign it with like the hashtag Mamba Out. Yeah, yeah, he's still yeah. I always kind of wondered. Uh, I didn't know that he'd given that to himself though. I thought yeah, I, and he he sells like a apparel with that on it. Mm-hmm. Um, about, he, yeah. yeah, but he's not still so he's still going for it, even though he's no longer playing professional sports. Well, so he decided that um, and I don't know that there are many. Well, I guess there have been other other. Of course, what am I talking about? There are other sports figures who went into entertainment after sports. I, you know, famously and notoriously, you know, O.J. Simpson was actually the trailblazer of that. Actually, O.J. Simpson was already the pitch man uh, for like multiple corporations before he even entered the NFL. He was like kind of a bizarre case even when he was just in college. But anyhow, um, yeah, Kobe decided he's going to start a like a creative uh, production company about being creative um, and that it would be about storytelling. And whenever he, he talks about it or even whenever he produces the segments, he's always just talking about how it's about storytelling. But he doesn't really, as far as I could tell, like tell any stories or like have any ideas for stories that I could tell. What, what, do, you, what do you think, Mike Lachron? I think that's all kind of true. I don't. Yeah, you have a bigger, you have a a, a better grasp on this than I do. Um, but it's like a, it, there are puppets in it. I think. Yeah. It's like. Um, <laughs> wait, 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 wait. Yeah, yeah. He's it's got, like, like a marionette show. No, it's like a sock puppet. <laughs> it's oh, like pretty, like pretty Sif- lo-fi. Like Sifflinolly? Yeah, of? it's kind of like Sifflinolly. Yeah. But with Kobe Bryant and with Kobe Bryant like probably writing it. Like I don't know that there's a ghostwriter because if there were, I think it wouldn't it would be a little better. This sounds potentially good as hell. Yeah, um, no. That's and- what I'm saying is like you need to like see this and we need to like have like <laughs> yeah. clips of it on the show. Okay, all right. It's we're- pretty hard to describe. It's kind of mind-boggling. Yeah. I don't think it's a, it's like- a it's a it's a singular like artistic endeavor. I don't think nothing I've never seen anything quite like it for better or for worse. This yeah. sounds fantastic. All right, well we'll get into this more next week, but I I I just want to say really quickly that like kind of coming up with like a storytelling I, I don't even know what it is like 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 series of videos about storytelling feels like very um like silicon valley to me it feels like he's like kind of trying to come up with like a creativity app or something it's actually exactly what it looks like like if you just google kobe bryant muse cage muse cage is one word like i just did i did um you'll see that like yeah it actually looks exactly (laughs) like a silicon valley pitch Kobe, like with his hand like in exactly the garb of like steve jobs and with his hands kind of like folded in a weird way and with his little puppet thing in front of like a like like this like very generic backdrop like yep yep but there's but what it is somewhat spoiled the like the like silicon valley illusion somewhat ends 
when you notice that there's like a weird eel ne- like next to him, a weird like eel puppet. Yeah, it's a sock puppet. <laughs> is it supposed to be? Oh my gosh, this is fantastic. Okay, this is really good stuff. All right. And I feel like no one really knows what to do with it. Like I feel like there's a there's there's a kind of conspicuous dearth of of like derision out there about this because you're like totally you're totally right about that, Dave. Like, no one and knows what to do. Like just I how to think, talk about it. <laughs> yeah, like I think the, the one thing that would account for the dearth of like takes on it is that everyone is. M- Either maybe embarrassed for him or nervous. Right. <laughs> no one could tell, like, maybe, am I the one missing something? Like, is this really good? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Is he doing, like, extremely advanced, like, Tim and Eric level, like, irony? Um, <laughs> right. Or, I mean, well, first oh, of all. That's exactly it. It's like if Tim and Eric was not ironic. <laughs> that's yes. what it is. Well, I mean, which there's a lot of, you know, kind of content out there that that, that is very hard to tell these days. Um, it this, is hard to tell, but it's not ironic. That's the thing is it's not meant to be funny. I don't think Kobe Bryant's ever done irony. Right, um, exactly. That's, he, what's, that's the thing. He's never it. even done humor. Like, he's never <laughs> yeah. even... I, yeah. I get the impression he might be one of those people that, like, he doesn't actually... Like, everyone thinks they have a sense of humor. He might actually not have one. Yeah. He might, not, he might not care about that. Because Kobe Bryant, like, on one hand, I want to be like, he's weirdly, like, not self-aware about it. But actually, Kobe Bryant is, like, extremely self-aware. So it, he's, he's Kobe Bryant's a difficult person to figure out i mean he also like kobe says like he doesn't have any friends yeah. like he doesn't hang out with anyone he just hangs out with like his wife and and, and his kids right. so he's, he's he's kind of he's he's pretty mysterious dude well no wasn't that even the thing like in his last six season with the lakers is he wouldn't even like travel with the team he he was just like helicoptered in uh and out every night <laughs> this sounds is, right this is actually yeah. i think true uh they, like yeah they, they would he'd like take a helicopter to and from each game at the staples center um and you know i mean i i would say he's i would say he's self-absorbed maybe but that's different from being self-aware um Uh, yeah it's yeah no you're you're right i just i have a problem with with you know um kobe bashing well i also just have a problem with like armchair kind of diagnosing like what like what's going on in this guy's head but i will say this that um that's the, half our podcast is doing that to, to that, athletes, but yes, go on. It's it's true, but I don't know. There's something about this case, but yeah, um, because Kobe's brilliant. Like Kobe's actually oh, a genius. Yeah. So so it's hard to anyway. But um, I will say that his the puppet, the sock puppet on Muse Cage is called Little Mamba, <laughs> and um, and there is a story on Decider.com called "Has Kobe Bryant Lost His Damn Mind?" and the, the and the first sentence is. Inside Kobe Bryant's muse cage is already generating controversy with religious groups for promoting a satanic agenda. Uh, so I think <laughs> that might be a good place to leave it. And I think we just need to like all watch this and study up for next week. And... Yeah. So we didn't break this story, but we've definitely popularized it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, there are going to be a lot of think pieces about this because of us, I think. Well, speaking of uh, getting inside your opponent's head, uh, you know, the psychological warfare, um, LeBron's <laughs> ball spinning... Uh, this week was another mm-hmm. enormously controversial story that I preferably became. Was I? I don't know. I think you guys texted me about this, um, and then I watched it, and it's felt pretty innocuous, like as a as a as an act that's being debated as like disrespectful. Um, it, you know, it just. I guess. I guess what I, I had a couple questions. So first of all, in basketball, can you knock the ball out of someone's hand? Yes. You want to. That's like, yeah, it's a big part of the game. But you can't touch their hand. Yes, correct. Correct. So, I mean, you know, look, I mean, I get why people are mad. He spun it counterclockwise instead of clockwise, uh, thereby breaking the Harlem Globetrotters rule of 1983. 
but like it feels like it feels like the guy could have swatted it out of his hand and then like the joke would have been on LeBron but the guy couldn't do that because it's LeBron and he was giving him too much distance uh and you know and so I don't know I didn't feel like that was disrespectful I felt like that was just him kind of relaxing before he made a shot yeah Um, it was way like everything that LeBron does it was it was pretty overblown I mean, I think taunting. I mean, there's definitely a rule in the NFL that you're not allowed to taunt. Um, <laughs> but that's a that's a that's a like kind of a gray like area though. Taunting. I mean, you know, I don't know who who defines a taunt. No, I agree. And anything that LeBron does is is held up to scrutiny. I mean, LeBron is is actually a really cool example of someone that has um, has maybe not appeared to always appeared to be the most. Um, most thoughtful about his image like when he you know when he did his whole um the 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 decision i don't know if simon if if you were maybe that was before your time no what i know he has a bit of a sense of humor because he was in like train wreck or whatever um oh for sure but but what's this what's the decision well the decision and this will be remedial for for i I think everyone but (laughs) except me me. (laughs) you can say it you can say it We're, we're friends here well, I think I think Britt would would maybe also learn from this, but um, the decision was when LeBron had you know he started his career uh, on Cleveland. I think he played the first seven years of his career on Cleveland or six, um, and then he actually like created a network ES, or not a network an ESPN special, um, which was like a sit down interview with uh, Jim. What's his face? Um, what's that stupid reporter's name? What uh, doesn't matter, but um, so that he could make his announcement about what team he was deciding to join as a free agent after his contract had run out with his initial team, which was the Cavaliers. Um, and so it, it was just really bad. It was just really poorly done. Um, and there's like this famous line from it where like finally when he has to like reveal his decision about who to play for, he like awkwardly says, I've decided to take my talents to South Beach. And he just, it's just like, it's just like so like, like stilted and, and, and awkward. I actually was aware of this somewhat yeah. peripherally. Yeah, he made the, he made like a big show out of like him changing teams, basically. Right. Um, yeah. And it was really offensive because you know he's from Akron, Ohio, like nearby Cleveland. And, yeah. yeah, yeah. It, it was like really offensive to like Cleveland fans were really hurt by that. Yeah, it was like you know it it was like very literally uh, kind of a small town kid who had been you know who who had been sort of created and and made and nurtured by a region who like you know sort of suddenly like leaves it for the glamour of of Miami and and you know for for the marquee and and he's been back with Cleveland only for a couple of years now right uh this is third year third year um okay but they so they took him back happily because he's an incredible player but like uh so everyone forgave him for the decision yeah, as is always the case with sports like pe- people's people's anger memories are very very short term in sports mm-hmm. Yeah, they just like rehung the the Christ photo pose of him on that skyscraper like the day he came back. I know they were like burning his jerseys in the street like, uh-huh. when he made the decision, like literally. Yeah, uh, yeah. 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 He had like a like a very public war of words with the owner of of the Cavaliers, Dan Dan Gilbert. All right. Yeah. Um, but anyhow, how did we get onto that? I don't know. But uh, speaking... about the ball spinning. Yeah. Oh, oh the ball spinning. Oh, right. Well, well, are we done with that? Well, I was just gonna say that it's just you know he he really gets an unfair rap like. Another example is uh, earlier this season, they um, his team sat him for for a game just to give him some rest, and it was this big deal. Like it became this whole like like hot take opportunity on all the networks to, to talk about um, you know just the idea of resting players mid season and whatnot. But it's just because it was him. 
Like there, mm-hmm. there are only like seven or eight players in the league that anyone cares if they if they sit. Like all the other players can sit like very quietly and it won't get any coverage. Um, and he was he was pretty he was pretty um, proactive about pointing that out and actually like really insightful about like sort of shutting that talk down. Just like this is total bullshit. And it, it was pretty cool. So I like LeBron for that. I did want to say really quickly uh, a second ago you mentioned a horrible sports journalist. I, part of this podcast is pointing out that. Um, in just a few short months of, of publicly making this podcast available, we've become better than every other sports journalist. And I want to call attention to, um, I, I would call this a play of the week. Uh, it was Jim Gray. It was Jim uh, Gray. Jim, I don't know. Jim that Gray. That's right. Uh, are, you, are, are you guys up? Google. Oh, sorry. sorry. When you Google him uh, on Bleacher Report, there's a headline, The Decision, Jim Gray's Idea, Publicity Disaster for LeBron James. <laughs> so, Yeah. I just want to say one of the worst things. This isn't what I was going to say, but I'm watching uh, the game right now, the Spurs Rockets game. It's it's Sunday evening, and uh, one of the worst things about watching sports is this fucking Taco Bell friend zone ad. <laughs> I fucking hate this ad so fucking much, and I've and I wa- and because I watch sports now, because I do this podcast, I watch this ad like 73 times a day. It doesn't. Uh, I don't even know what it's. I don't even know what it's trying to get at. Are you guys familiar with sports journalist Jason Whitlock? Yeah, I think so. He was on ESPN, then he left for like yeah. Fox Sports, and he came back to ESPN, and then for a big while he was going to have a like a new. Um, I think ESPN maybe financed uh, his it, like it was going to be this own special new sports site called The Undefeated. Um, oh yeah, which was like right. a, which was like a disaster, and and um, anyway, um, he had a very funny. Uh, and by funny, I mean um, like kind of pitiful and 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 amusing to laugh at. Uh, editorial in the Wall Street Journal today, where he essentially blamed uh, Deadspin for making uh, ESPN's culture too politically progressive, and uh, and that's why no, he says ESPN had to lay off people uh, in the past couple of weeks. Oh uh, right, yeah, that is the thing people are saying is that they laid people off because like Middle America got upset that it got liberal. Yeah, and he right. he blames Deadspin for that, and I thought that was particularly funny because it's just him being mad at a blog that made fun of his blog. And um, and I guess now I'm talking about it, so I, I guess I can't really pass judgment. But I thought it was funny. Huh. I guess it's not that funny now that I say it out loud. <laughs> um, what, what else do we have this week in terms of basketball? Oh, I wrote I wrote that I started calling the Warriors the Warios. That's funny in and of itself. We don't need to go into any further detail on that. Check um, check. Um, what uh, do we do? We have plays of the week. I, I yeah. Have a, I have a play of the week. But Mike, I, what, I just I just gave you I just rambled about like a sad Wall Street Journal editorial, so I think I'm in timeout for a little bit. So. Um, let's see. No, my play of the week is this has been fairly well covered, but I think it I think it's good for us to talk about um, Dante Jones, who um, signed at the very end of the season. I think he actually signed on the the last day of the year with the Cavs. Um, when the Cavs, I think the Cavs like which really means LeBron brought in like every garbage veteran player in the final week to try to like fill up some minutes down the stretch. Um, They signed Dante Jones to the league minimum. And I guess since it was the last day of the season, that meant his, his whole salary for the year was Um, $9,127. So I guess that's like, I guess that's like one day of pay. Um, But then he went into the, he played in one game against uh, Toronto and he played three minutes. And during those three minutes, he got uh, ejected and the ejection carries a $6,000 fine. Oh, Oh, that is a great play. So for like the entire year, the entire season, he made like three grand. 
three grand, but LeBron is going to pay the fine. Oh. Apparently, like LeBron in the press conference said, it, maybe it's even happened before. He said something like, "I told I told Dante he has to stop getting ejected so I can stop paying his damn fines." Something <laughs> like that. Um, <laughs> so yeah, uh, play of the week Dante Jones playing for I guess what amounts to like three thousand one hundred twenty-seven dollars for the year. Which I mean, on one hand, if he only played three minutes, that's like still a thousand dollars a minute. It's true. Uh, it's it's hard to it's get true. too upset about that, I guess. But but I mean, yeah. you know, but it, it, unless he has a day job, uh, that, <laughs> right. that's a pretty low income. Um, yeah, I'll take it. All right. Well, I, I got one. Oh, and oh, I have and I do. I have one other one. I just want to read a sentence, um, just really quickly. Right. Um, this is from. I guess this is from like maybe two weeks ago. But the did you guys read about the the Dion Dion Waiters article and the Players Tribune that he wrote? Oh, I can't believe. No, I need to read that. So Dion Waiters, I think we all love Dion Waiters. He's one of my favorites. Um, uh, who's he's Dion, from, who's, yeah. He, <laughs> I think he plays for Miami now. Yeah. Um, but he played, he played with the Thunder. Yeah. He played uh, on Cleveland. Played on Cleveland. And he's, a, he's just a really interesting dude. And, um, yeah, he's super weird. He's, there's this, there's yeah. a publication. Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Dave. No, you go ahead. Um, I was just going to say he's just as weird as uh, Lance. What's his fuck? Um, Oh, uh, Stevenson. Lance Stevenson. <laughs> like yeah. Dion Waiters yeah. is just as weird as him. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so there's this publication called the Players Tribune, which I think is, I think it's a, I think it's a publication that where like all the writing is done by professional athletes. It is. Yeah. Um, and he wrote an article that was published on April 25th, like right after the Heat were eliminated. Like they didn't. I think they were in contention up until the last day of the season. And he wrote an article with this amazing headline. It's called, The NBA is Lucky I'm Home Doing Damn Articles. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's pretty amazing. He's kind of like yeah. Lance in that he just has this sort of inexplicable amount of confidence about his game. Like yes. He feels much better about his game than anyone else in the world. Yeah, yeah. Um, and the like the article includes just a picture of him at a restaurant eating a cheesesteak. It's really great. And like the the article itself is worth reading. So I recommend it to everyone. Uh well Dave, do you want to do your play? Yeah, my play of the week is is pretty simple. My play of the week is uh Lavar Ball, um oh. Lonzo, Leangelo, and Lamello's famous father, um putting out the first shoe, um the first family shoe at at, at at a price of four hundred ninety-five dollars per pair. Oh God! It's, it's, yeah, it's Lonzo Ball's uh, first sneaker. It's it's under the under their brand, Big Baller brand, Triple B. Yeah, and it's it's retailing for about five hundred dollars. And are they yeah. selling it direct? Like it's not through a sneaker company, right? He asked Nike for a one billion dollar uh, licensing contract. Mm-hmm. Again, that's sure. that's one billion. Uh, Nike, which by the way, I, I mean, if you can get a billion dollars from Nike, no, like more power to you. Um, right. So I, I don't necessarily think I have no, I have no problem with that. Uh, <laughs> but they, for whatever reason, they declined, and so I believe he is uh, self-marketing and self-distributing the, which is probably why it costs five hundred dollars. Is you know that he doesn't maybe have the infrastructure. Um, it's not a very impressive-looking sneaker. Um, no, no, it's not. <laughs> but like we're old, so I don't think like most new basketball sneakers to me don't really look like basketball sneakers. Hmm. But I mean, for five hundred dollars, I'd I'd at least want like the like inflatable, uh, you know, the Reebok pump thing. I, I want I want some kind of gimmick. Yeah, put yeah. some air in it, or yeah. yeah. You guys are proving my my theory. Or like wheels, like little <laughs> optional wheels that pop out of the bottom. 
or like uh, right. and like a little like jet ski kind of thing on the back. So yeah, you, like in Mario Kart or something. Yeah, exactly. Like, want, Mario. like Mario Kart sneakers. So that's, and that's, that's what I want. So that's, another, that, that is an incredible play. Another funny part of this is that um, uh, I think someone, someone, on, someone who's part of the company or company in, in scare quotes, Big Baller Brand, said that within the first four hours after the release of the sneakers, the, um, they sold 5,000 pairs of it. Uh, but people were obviously very skeptical about that. And... <laughs> um, I don't know. I don't know if you, I, I bet Mike Love is aware of this, but I don't know if you're aware of this, Simon. But uh, this like commu- sort of subculture community of uh, people who call themselves sneakerheads and are just like super into sneakers. Oh, that's all over here in L.A. Um, oh when you, yeah. When you, oh yeah. When you drive around um, like Fairfax now, especially like where all the kind of like skate shops and like sneaker shops are now, um, there's you'll see people lined up at like um, you know 8 p.m. at night for a sneaker opening that's like the following morning. Um, oh for, these, like, for these like limited sneakers there's a place um kind of near me uh in like i guess east hollywood uh that that does it and and yeah I, like, like, you'll see people in like lawn chairs like trying to get like a uh, hamilton tickets or something um <laughs> so, like who are so i don't want to you know be the type of person that doesn't understand where other people are coming from and so just like makes fun of them but like who are these people like what why like I, i'm just trying to understand actually like in a sincere way um, every time I go by, it's, it's, it's a lot of kind of young, uh, generally, uh, young white men. Um, and I, so I assumed it was kind of like a skatewear thing. Um, but it, you know, I guess it's just, um, highly limited, highly limited, highly exclusive fashion is, um, is cool. You know? Um, mm-hmm. I mean, that's kind of a, a bit of like Kanye's thing is, is he's like, I'm going to make like a white t-shirt and jeans, but they're going to be like, the best white t-shirt and jeans. And they're going to cost several times more than any equivalent product. Um, and also, I'm not going to make that many of them, and yeah. and because of that, I would totally wear like that. I would like, I mean, I wouldn't buy it, but if someone gave it to me, I'd be like really proud, and I'd like definitely bring up what I was wearing. Yeah, yeah. And that's also how I feel about those sneakers too, which is I, I'm not going to buy them, but if he wants to uh, send us some to talk about on the podcast, I, I, I will gladly accept them. You know, nobody talks at all. Like I think when we were when we were coming of age as uh, as future podcasters in our in our teens and 20s um like there was a lot more talk about um like sweatshop conditions and the making of sneakers especially like nike i feel like that one of the like weird unrecognized triumphs of like the brand of capitalism we have in the past 20 years is that like that just disappeared yeah i i I mean you know and i don't think it's because circumstances have gotten better no no, no. i think it's more just that like neoliberalism under obama was like for whatever reason less like flagrantly offensive to everyone and also we just like i don't know maybe maybe like things got so much worse that we started worrying about like even worse things well it's just it's just like a sad opportunity to note that um that progressive politics and ideas about uh social welfare and human rights are just totally partisan they're actually like right. not really mappable to any sort of like substantive like ethics. It's just about partisanship and tribalism. Well, and I mean, like Obama. I don't want to say it's exclusively about that, but it's it's a big part of it. So oh, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, in, you're talking about like office, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's true. Like when Democrats are in power, uh, you know, things are moderately better than when we're Republican. Well, I mean, I guess Maybe. <laughs> this, this current administration is trying to set a record. I guess. They're moderately better for some people. <laughs> like for some yeah. people, it could be worse, or for some people, it could be, it could be no difference. Yeah. Anyway, whatever. Well, I Make mean, politics. 
Yeah, I mean, we're talking about like what kind of like free trade agreements and stuff now, which um, which the Democrats, I guess, have really pushed more than more than uh, you know anyone else, at least you know in the last eight years. You know, that certainly wasn't something that uh, the Obama administration backed down from, but I guess it has kind of led to like these weird, um, you know, like uh, populist movements on both sides where people are kind of like, right. opposed to that sort of thing. Um, anyway, I don't know. I'm way, way kind of left of all of all this stuff. But uh, so, yeah. but I'm trying to not get into it because it's just, you know no one likes it when I talk about politics. I think. Well, I don't know. I mean, maybe, um, do they like it? Do 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 the listeners like it when I talk about politics? Weigh in, weigh in in the comments. <laughs> um, uh, briefly, uh, before as we close out, oh, I, wait, I, I wanted to talk about like. So, were you, do you think that sneakerheads actually bought 500 pairs, 5,000 pairs? No, because so there's this there's this article and it's a little hard to understand, especially as I try to like both like read through all of these figures and listen to what's going on in the podcast, um, so I can not check out, but I can just try to synopsize or, or just just pull quote from from this, see if I can. Uh, so it says the sneakerheads at Nice Kicks did some legwork to refute the rumors that Ball's ZO2 Prime had sold five thousand pairs. Um, Matt Halfill over at Nice Kicks explained in a post how they figured out the number is much, much lower. Basically, Halfill ordered a pair a few hours before Chad Johnson, also, also known as Ocho Cinco, ordered a pair and posted his confirmation email on social media. By Halfill's count, just 34 total transactions on the entire Big Baller brand site had occurred between those two orders. So I guess what it is is that um, transactions are numbered like automatically. Uh, from the Big Baller brand website, and there were only 34 in like several hours from when this sneakerhead website <laughs> a pair and Chad Johnson posted his receipt uh, on social media. And then it says, uh. when another nice kick staffer ordered a pair of shorts the next day, the transaction number simply didn't account for thousands of shoe orders. There were 328 individual purchases since uh, since uh, the, the previous transaction. Um it says, out of the 328 transactions that happened on BigBallerBrand.com in the first 24 hours that the shoes were offered, we tracked that just that a total of just 263 pairs of sneakers had sold in both signed and unsigned versions. While we have no access to sales receipts, transactions, or traffic data, we've been monitoring the inventory levels of the footwear listed on BigBallerBrand.com. After noting the initial product levels at the start and deducting the current units sold, we can confidently say that 210 pairs of unsigned ZO2 primes had sold along with 53 autographed ZO2 primes. So that's not very many. No. That's what you're saying. It's, <laughs> it's, that is significantly less than 5,000. Yeah. <laughs> All right. I, I, 4,750 sneakers <laughs> less than 5,000. Right. I, I, right. Think, I think we're in the final five minutes of the episode. Uh, but I, oh. do, I do want to really quickly denounce my own hypocrisy because I spent like a good amount of. Uh, I would say a good amount of March trying to get a Nintendo Switch. So, it, you know, as much as, um, you know, I, I, I drive by these kids sitting outside uh, sneaker stores and I'm like, just get a pair of Converse, you, you brats. Oh, I um, thought you were going to say just get a condom. Um, no, I mean, I do promote safe sex um, whenever I talk to anyone uh, under the age of um, 18. No, but like possibly this is just the province of like, I don't know, sexual frustration. Or like, just, oh, I thought, <laughs> I thought you were, oh, I, I was, my brain was going in a different direction with that, which is I was just like, like, um, I don't know, like the world's overpopulated. If like, if, are you calling Mikhail? 
please leave a message at the beep, and I'll call you back. Damn it. Okay, I guess we're, I was going to try to just get him on the line. That didn't, no, now he's going to call in and ruin Like You know how Mike likes to ruin our endings. <laughs> oh, okay. oh, that would have been amazing. Okay, right. we got to wrap it up quick. Uh, all right, wait. My play. I have a play of the week, though. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh great, yeah. Fan of the show, uh, Louis, uh, Louis Chofi, editor of Blair Witch and the upcoming Death Note, submitted oh. a play of the week to me, and it's oh, really... Wow pretty solid it's from um it's from the game of which we rarely speak uh baseball but it's from uh-huh. our favorite team uh, the... <laughs> can we just start referring to baseball as that the game of which we rarely speak <laughs> yeah i think we can i mean certainly uh certainly we'll have to this summer but um really but, beautiful uh, iambic pentameter simon Gowers but, um, so would be the acronym there well but it is about the team that uh that i grew up with at least i grew up in a mets household um, as discussed, and, it, and they're kind of our favorite team, I would say, probably, if we had a team that we cared about. The Mets, you said? Yeah, because they're hilarious, right? They're like, <laughs> they tend to be the funniest, it seems like. They're all injured. Um, but yeah, I grew up in a, my, my father, uh, I, don't know, I don't know why my father was into the Mets. He lived in New York for a while or something. Um, anyway, uh, Matt Harvey, Matt Harvey uh, a Met, apparently, uh, suspended this week for reasons that they will not state. Suspended for three games. Uh, however... Mm-hmm. Fans have noted uh, the coincidental timing of his suspension, mystery suspension for um, completely unspecified, uh, unsportsmanlike behavior, coincided somewhat with a locker room photo the Mets posted uh, of, I've, I think I want to say TJ Rivera, who might be a pitcher or something. Who knows? No, he's a first baseman, but he hit a homer. No they one could a, know. They took a photo of him in the locker room and uh wearing a crown looking happy and uh people took them a little while for the internet to notice that there's a large uh brown dildo in one of the lockers <laughs> behind him <laughs> and uh they quickly t- so so the mets posted this photo uh took it down within about an hour after people called attention to the large dildo and <laughs> coincidentally uh teammate matt harvey has been suspended for three games so that oh. matt harvey Whatever that play may or may not have been, that is my play of the week. Are we uh, breaking that news? Like, is that analysis that we're breaking? Or no, is this I, I, available? well, it's all conjecture. Like, no one, okay. because they simply will not say what Matt Harvey's suspended for, and he himself will not say, and no one around him will say. Um, no, resp- no responsible sports outlet can draw the conclusion <laughs> uh, that I just did, uh, and, and that our editor, uh, Lewis, uh, did. But um, I think it's safe to say that he put a dildo in someone's locker in, in knowing that the Mets were going to post the photo on social media. Um, and it was a practical joke. And it's uh, probably wouldn't have actually been all that funny if he wasn't suspended for three games, and they wouldn't say why. That's the kind it's, of punchline that yeah. makes it work. Um, which I've always assumed I that those locker rooms are just full of dildos. I would have <laughs> I mean, that's the thing. It's like, you know, everyone's like, oh, what's this dildo doing in his locker? I'm like, what are you talking about? He, like, has sex with it. I thought that's where dildos come from. Like, when you order one, I thought that's, like, the warehouse that they ship them from is a Major League Baseball locker room. Well, I mean, are these guys claiming they don't – I mean, are these sports artists claiming they don't have dildos in their locker? I I don't even – I don't get it. But but I like it. Um, All I know is I need a locker. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> um, all right, hey, real quick, let's uh, let's wrap up. Um, but I went to a sporting event this week, guys. Yeah, I was waiting for you to bring that up. Yeah, oh, yeah, I I did. Uh, so, um, uh, my filmmaker pal Jason Eisner and I, uh, Jason Eisner is visiting LA from Canada, and um, we got invited um, 
to I, I'm not gonna, I'm not going to say who invited us because he might not want to be bla- put on blast on the podcast for for having these interests. <laughs> um, but we get but, but we were talking about uh, martial arts and and MMA and stuff and and uh, a mutual friend was kind of like you know do you are you aware of these like Burbank like Muay Thai fights that happen occasionally and and we, of course we're not <laughs> so um, you know I, we looked it up and and there was like uh, at the Burbank Marriott there's like 15 matches of Muay Thai. Uh, taking place in like the conference room, at the room at. <laughs> ringside tickets were sixty dollars, um, and we were just like, absolutely, we are doing this. Wow. So, um, so we we each paid sixty bucks, and we went to go see fi- uh, fifteen Muay Thai matches that, uh, you know, ranged from like, um, you know, none of it was what you're gonna see at like a top tier fighting event, I guess. But that kind of <laughs> made it more charming. Um, Actually, I would say that a lot of the fights felt like the last five mi- f- five seconds of like a UFC fight, where like they hear the bell and they know there's ten seconds left, and they just like go at it, like frantically, like just trying to score as many hits as possible. That's what like a lot of these entire fights were. Um, and so the whole place, I, I kind of I wasn't sure what to expect. I've just seen you know fights on TV, so I kind of dressed a little nicely. Um, I was by far the most overdressed person in the entire uh, space, um, it, by which I mean I was wearing a button up shirt and. Um, dress shoes uh it was it was a wonderful cultural experience um and uh and i intend to repeat it it was really entertaining so uh, it's a uh, the wck is like the the fight organization and it's really bizarre um and then like after the fighters would win or lose they just go hang out and like eat nachos in the hallway um and you can just kind <laughs> of go like, you can go hang out with them after you that. can absolutely go hang out with them like like for sure and in fact um almost everyone in the audience seemed to know at least one fighter personally. I would say we were in probably the 10% of the audience who didn't have any personal connection to anyone who was fighting. Um, I would say most of the people, I mean, at a certain point, because we were in the, so we were in like VIP seats because normal seats were like $40. At a certain, like like first match, um, this um, this girl comes up to us and this girl and this guy come up to us and they're like, can we, can we sit? Like, we, we know that like, we're not supposed to sit here, but that's my sister. And we're like, oh yeah, okay. And then that happened like, every match from like that point on it's like like you'd be you'd be suddenly we'd be surrounded by people because i guess there was a no refunds policy so there were like empty seats around us and then like the match would end and then everyone would just like leave um so and it got i mean like it got pretty bloody i would say there were like three matches where i was um not only kind of concerned for the fighters but also concerned that i was going to get like blood sprayed on me um yeah yeah Yeah, i mean they, they oh yeah i mean they go for it at the burbank marriott so I so I went to an in-person sporting event that was a really really unique one, um, yeah, but well I don't done. have any like specifically great stories um, other than that. Uh, I have a great story relating to that, or it's not a great story. No, but let me let you finish. Well, I mean, the only thing I've really noticed from the last few sporting events I've gone to is that they need more people working uh, the bars. Um, that's the main thing. That's mm-hmm. my main takeaway from all that. But yeah, but uh, it was a very unique, very unique experience, and I, I now I kind of want to go to like a UFC match and see if it like measures up. Yeah, I wonder. I feel like what you went to is probably totally unregulated. <laughs> the UFC oh, yeah. is probably regulated at least a little bit. So maybe the UFC is more boring. Well, I mean, maybe. Muay Thai it, it seems kind of interestingly specific. I mean, first of all, like before each match, um, most often they'd play like um, like Thai music and they'd do these kind of um, oh, wow. almost like ritual kind of dances. Um, huh. Where they'd like touch all the posts and bat and like and it would go on for a few minutes um, every time, 
which was kind of fun and interesting. And then, um, but then, yeah, I mean, you know, it, it, it does seem like, um, people were getting kind of hurt more than, than you'd normally expect. Um, the, the, you know, one of the best knockouts I saw was just a guy who, um, was obviously just a boxer, um, and just like punched a guy in the stomach and the guy dropped and couldn't get back up. And it was just like, oh, well, this guy's just actually like a good fighter (laughs) who just was like, yeah, maybe I can try. Maybe I'll try Muay Thai. Um, So that was kind of fun. (laughs) Anyway. But yeah, I mean, there were a couple of knockouts for sure. Uh, And um, yeah. And and some of them, I I couldn't tell, like some of them were wearing gloves. Like one of the fights they had headgear on, but then none of the others they did. So I don't know. I'll I'll learn more about it uh, when I start going every month. Yeah. Yeah. Sounds awesome. Yeah. Learned about sports. If they have one in August, then I'm in LA in August. I want to go. Oh, I think it's every month, so I'll I'll I'll, I'll get right on that. I bet we can get um. There's like VIP tables, which are seventy five. <laughs> the tickets are seventy five dollars each, and then I think people will bring you alcohol. Oh um, so it's probably worth the upgrade <laughs> if you're going to be here. So we'll we'll look into it. I'm in. Um, uh, what, did you have a tale for us, or should we just like call it a night? I think we just call it. Sports. Really entertaining. Sports. Cause physical exertion. Everyone's feeling good. I knew I was missing a great sporting event. Flammo! Flammo! Flammo!